Dolomiti Sound Stories Troviamo davanti all'entrata del Museo Ladino Chastel de Tor. È un museo dedicato alla storia dei ladini e del territorio. We're right Ladino. in front of the entrance to the Ladin Museum Chastel de Tor. This is a museum dedicated to the history of Ladins and their territory. Already here at the entrance, you can spot some visual elements that mark the presence of Ladin and the multilinguism that characterizes this land. Right here we're in front of the flags of this territory. And we can see that the European flag, the Italian flag, and also the flag of South Tyrol are all hoisted on the same level. After all, they're the three political units that contain the Ladin territory. And then there's a fourth flag, the Ladin flag, blue, white and green, the flag of this territory. This flag was presented on May 5th, 1920, as one of the elements of the Ladin identity, which claimed the right to self-determination after the First World War. Like all flags, the colors weren't chosen by chance. They reflect our landscape our nature, blue like the sky, the white of the Dolomites, which are pale mountains, especially if they are snow-capped, and then there's the green of the woods and the meadows, especially in winter, spring and autumn. We also see this flag in nature. Sono Paolo Videsot, sono professore di filologia e romanza alla Libera Università di Bolzano. I'm Paolo Videsot, I'm a professor of romance philology at the Free University of Bolzano, where I also manage the Ladin section because within the primary education sciences course at the Free University of Bolzano, there's also a specific course for future teachers from the Ladin area. 
Well, my connection with the Ladin world can already be deduced from my surname, Videsot, which means the sheep pen below, but transformed according to the phonetic laws of Ladin. And this is a surname that is found only here. It comes from a mazo, which is how we called a farmstead around here. So it comes from a single farmstead, therefore, unlike many other surnames, which we don't know where they were born exactly. In my case, I can say that it derives from a specific farm that all the other Vidisots, the few that exist in the world, ultimately come from this farmstead here, near the valley. Let's try to define Ladin culture. In my opinion, Ladin culture is the expression of a way of living, also of a way of thinking, of a way of relating to the territory in which it was born, to this specific territory, and considering that it's an alpine territory, this is a land that until, well, let's say a century ago, was predominantly, well, I'd say if not entirely, also an agricultural area and was also quite poor, I'd say. There, in the last decades, there has been a huge change. And it was distance from the large cultural centers. So, therefore, the Ladin culture has developed a way of building houses, for example, also of cooking and of expressing its spirit through legends, for example. So there's a certain terminology that reflects these characteristics. I mean, it's clear that we've never been isolated totally. Historically, we were also on a transit route that led from north to south, from south to north. Just think that, for example, the Via Claudia Augusta already passed through Valbadia and leaving Alongo in Roman times. And this is a route that was, let's say, copied a little in the Middle Ages from the great Alemannia road that led from Germany to Italy. So we've always had influences from neighboring cultures, in particular from the German one. We've had all the influence due to the fact that we've been integrated into a German administrative and political world for a thousand years. Then, of course, the Italian influence has increased greatly since we became a part of Italy, that is, since 1919. So it's clear that the Ladin world however small it may have been, perhaps even irrelevant, despite being quite considerable at the level of the great European cultural currents, it has always been between the German and Italian worlds. 
it has benefited from both. And this is also, let's say, the advantage of being small and in the middle of two cultures as relevant and important as the German and Italian ones. I'd say that, on the other hand, we took what we needed, so Ladin culture mixed with German and Italian influences shapes that particular culture that we have and that characterizes us in the end. Margherita Menardi, diornista, è il soprannome della mia famiglia. I'm Margherita Menardi, my family nickname is Diornista, and I live and was born in Cortina d'Ampezzo, which is one of the five Latin valleys. Everyone in my family speaks the Ampezzano Latin dialect, which is one of the variants of the Latin language, and so yeah, you could say it's my mother tongue, and definitely part of my cultural background and identity. I studied music at university and got my diploma and graduated in the transverse flute. Uh, I practice music and music has always been my passion and it's become my profession as now I'm a music teacher. And then during the summer I also work in an alpine mountain refuge here in the Cortina d'Ampezzo area, which is run by my sister, Emma. Music has always been part of my life a bit like the Latin language, considering it's the first language that I learned and is part of my origins, of my culture. There's this saying in Alto Adige and in our Latin valleys, and I would say that much of it is true, that um, every family here, there is at least one member who is part of the Five Brigade and one member who is in the town band. Uh, I have been and still am a member of the town band, the musical body of the band. And that, I think, is a, a clear sign of a culture, of a belonging to traditions that are, without doubt, woven into a past. A past that, when perhaps music was mostly passed on orally, and there was also reason to spend time together and to create that cultural foundation, which is still very much alive in the Latin area. A Vigo di Fassa, under the parish church of San Giovanni with its sharply pointed spire, we are here with Fabio Chiocchetti, who has spent his life studying the Latin culture and its language.
Siamo all'interno della chiesa pievana di San Giovanni. We're inside San Giovanni Parish Church, built at the end of the 15th century. As we still see it today, it's richly decorated with wall frescoes and altars of a certain value and with a beautiful choir, I must also say. And that's because in the last centuries there was also a very important musical life, so to speak. There was an orchestra with violins, wind instruments, bassoon, cello, etc. So there was a production of religious music, mostly, that Pieve di Fassa and Valgardena had in common. I mean the authors of church music. And it's very interesting to think that the music that we have inherited today from old rumble scores was performed by common, ordinary people, therefore by non-professional musicians. Musical culture was widespread in these valleys, especially in Val di Fassa. Therefore, the musical literacy of the population, being present since several centuries, was common also in other valleys, and this is why the tradition of oral popular singing has been somewhat lost, because people at this point already read music well or badly, and so street musicians, traveling musicians, also brought models of dancing melodies from other parts of Tyrol, or Austria, or even Bavaria. And these new forms of music have somehow supplanted an older musical tradition that certainly existed, of which only very few traces remain. For example, lyrics, no longer melodies of course, traces of an ancient epic poetry. Nowadays, we have only a few fragments of these lyrics, written in very unusual, a bit strange for us, verses transformed by use, telling us about ancient divinities of fertility who have a Roman Rishan horizon. Well, of these lyrics, only a few fragments survived here and there, like a miracle. And these verses were sung because epic poetry was read out, interspersed with recited or even sung verses. This is documented. O belle crepe baite nose, se senza essa chinoizion, che ton aur amor te manaon, scacce colchan no fosaron. This is the chant, or rather the lament, of the vivane, these propitious entities who knew the herbs, the nature, the climate, the time, and so on, who say they have aur, that means gold in their hands, therefore abundance, ton, so health and love. Therefore they're female divinities of fertility and love, who are rejected and mistreated by men. And these verses express precisely the reaction of these figures, who are wildly present in the popular tradition of Val di Fassa and all the other Ladine valleys. They can be called Ganes or Anguane. Here we call them Vivane. Oh, no. 
trasmissione delle tradizioni all'interno dell'interno Knowing this, realizing it and understanding that the Latin traditions and also being able to speak the language is of enormous wealth. Perhaps it's the starting point from which a network can be created in, in, in which we can fully value this knowledge and heritage and, and pass it on to future generations. In Valvenosta, we meet Ulrike Kindel. Germanist, medievalist and academic of traditional popular cultures. Her research has been based on the popular stories, fables and legends of the Alpine area. And her research has widely contributed to making known and giving great value to our cultural heritage. The discovery of the Dolomites is one of modern tourism. So, really, the offspring of the last century. Since 1907, 8, and 9, there were the first great seasons of the elite tourists of that time. Then came the Great War, and really, it took the 1950s or so to really kick off the mass tourism that we have today. The development since then has been extraordinary, there's no doubt there. It's surely been the salvation for the Ladin population because before there was only emigration, poverty and emigration. Development of tourism has guaranteed jobs, it has meant the people have been able to stay in the valley and above all the younger generation has been able to stay in their home valleys and find work, stability and so on, build a family and, and pass on the language because of course those who move away from their original heritage normally by the first generation will lose the language and will then use the language of their future partner and, and speak the language of the majority that they are surrounded by. So if the Latin linguistic group is, is able to survive, it owes it certainly to, to the development of tourism. This is the positive side. The negative side is that with a certain over-tourism today, the Ladin people start to become a minority in their valleys because now the, the workforce isn't enough and uh, the matter starts to become problematic because tourism is also a total grinder. It's an industry, an extremely demanding one, very profitable too, of course, but it's, it's an industry with, with all aspects which are also negative of over-industrialization, also because the Dolomites only have one source of income, which is tourism. They don't have agriculture, and any form of industrialization is completely counterproductive in the Dolomites. And so, if they want to or not, they have to live uh, and live with tourism, as well as making it work productively so. How they do it is a problem. I'm not saying stop it completely, but you need to find the right balance for the fact that the Dolomites are an extremely fragile territory. Because Ladinia sells great natural beauty, it sells entertainment, sport, and uh, of course, 
and not lastly, sells the fascination of its own culture. They are hosts. They host foreigners, and and by hosting foreigners, you you must be able to maintain your cultural roots. And in order to be really hospitable, in order to be really open to outside cultures, you must be very sure of your own. This is a problem, of course, that every nation that lives off, off of tourism knows. Italy knows it in primis. Uh, only that Italy has a very strong culture that is clearly able to hold its own, even to mass tourism, to a tourism that at times is uh, rather wild. But thank goodness, uh, Italy, uh, Italian culture is not, it's not at risk. The problem in terms of the Dolomite area is that it's a cultural minority. If in Val Gardena, at a certain point, the Gardenesi can't find enough work to keep the hotels open, then sooner or later they will pass on that work to, to, to those that follow the moment to the, the Belarus, to the Middle East. If the valley changes, where do you then find the Latin culture? So one lives, and one lives rather well. Of course, you need to be careful to make sure that perhaps another lift, another ski slope, another swimming pool isn't the answer, as the land here is, is very fragile. And we're living in times of climate change. Uh, natural snow will be around for another, what, 30 years? And then what? How to requalify the Dolomites, which are not an amusement park, and they are not, you know, just here for entertainment purposes, but rather part of nature, uh, nature in part already, overly built up and that struggles to regenerate itself and that we must leave for a moment in peace until it is able to regenerate and, and above all put under high protection those few areas that are still wild, untouched. At the entrance, there's this phrase written on the floor that someone wanted to write on a curve. Here it is. Let's be careful in selling ourselves because we're taking away a chance to survive. Now, as Ladine people, we'd have a big problem, actually, we're already experiencing it, if we're no longer able to buy a house here because it's too expensive and we have to go to San Lorenzo in Cortina, especially to San Vito di Cadore, to Val Gardena, to Ioni in Val di Fassa or down to Val di Fiemme, because once we leave the territory where Ladine language is protected, we lose the possibility of using Ladin and we lose the possibility of keeping on speaking it 
because there's no longer a school with this system in which Ladin is contemplated. Nowadays, there's no longer the risk that an external enemy will come and tell us stop speaking Ladin because you will have to talk like this or have to talk like that. Actually, the great danger is that we don't pay attention to it and we ruin the possibility of surviving in the territory where we can use Ladin. This is the greatest challenge of the 21st century for Ladin people. As long as we live here, we'll also speak Ladin. But if we can no longer live here, then we'll also lose the possibility of using it. Dolomiti Sound Stories is a voice production for Dolomiti Superski. Narrator voices Margherita Menardi and Ulrike Inerkofler. Director Gianluca Stazzi and Paolo Barberi. Original music Gianluigi Gallo. Sound and post-production Gianluca Stazzi. Editing and additional post-production Alessio Abeli. Editorial support Elisa Cozzolino. Producers Andrea Maltagliati and Giovanna Surace. English dubbers Beth McCritton and Marco Quaglia. Sorry, sorry.